Care of the Load. It's Annette and Mark Anderson today with you, and we are thrilled to be recording again. It's been a few weeks, and it's time for a conversation, a conversation that we have actually been talking about quite a bit, but we felt like this was something that really is important and that would deem itself worthy of a show. We're going to be talking about reflection today. It's been a year now since we have been in our homes. We haven't been able to go very far. We have, we've had to wear masks. And it's been a very, very odd year. In fact, I don't think any of us could say that we've experienced any, ever, any other year like this. I don't think we can either. It's been unique, to say the least. There has been a lot of pain throughout the year, pain associated with growth, with change. Are you trying to say that growth is sometimes painful, Annette? I am. I am. And and it's it's something that, you know, I kind of like things to be a little bit the same. I'm not the biggest fan of change, if you will. But honestly, it takes change to experience growth. Sometimes change can be kind of clunky, can't mm-hmm. it? It can. And in fact, we're going to be talking about that today as we're talking about some of the different zones of what we've seen with people, including ourselves, during the last year that have gone from a very clunky type of a way to something I think is a little bit more natural now. It is. You know, I was reading um, some things today in preparation for this this podcast. And this quote was, growth is painful. Change is painful. But nothing is as painful as staying somewhere you don't belong. Ooh, I like that. And you know, if you look back at last March, do you want to be in that same mode as where you were in last March? No way. We changed from that time. We, we? We have changed from that time. And there was so much uncertainty. And I don't want to go back there. And, and in fact, I think that's a great segue, Annette, to talk about some of the different zones that we've seen during the last 12 months. We're going to start uh, with the fear zone. <laughs> you know, as we, 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 we talk about what we want to be, what we would like to have seen maybe during these last 12 months. And I think that as we've chatted, you and I, about uh, the last 12 months, we think about March, April, May, maybe even June a little bit last year as well. Do you remember what was common? What was happening last year during those times? There was so much uneasiness and fear. Fear everywhere you went, whether it was the grocery store, whether it was um, looking out our back window over at the school, and it was empty. Yeah. So let's take that example of fear in the uh, grocery store for a moment. There were some common things that we saw, and I think that wasn't just something that we saw here in Utah, but that we saw on the news every single night. It was runs on the stores. You couldn't go into a store and buy toilet paper. Remember, that was such a big joke at the time there. The shelves were empty. Yeah, all the canned goods were gone. Why? Cleaning supplies, because we did not know if we'd be able to get them, when we would be able to get them. Everything was being shut down. And there was this fear. So doubt and fear go together, don't they? Oh, for sure. And so when I think of that fear zone, I think of some of the things that we saw. You know, we, we saw people grab food, toilet paper, and medications that they probably really didn't need. 
what else did we see? We saw people that were spreading emotions related to the fear and the anger that they had. That was so much tension everywhere. And it was palpable. It was something that you could have sliced it with a knife, that tension that was in the air. And it was, it just made me feel uneasy. It made my fear, my anxiety in that zone just, you know, it just rose because of what was going on outside of, of, of my boundaries, but yet it was affecting me. So I've got to tell you, I, I think that it really didn't help matters that it was an election year. No. Everything was polarized. Every time you turned on the television and you watched a news program, there was a slant one way or another. And often those slants were so slanted one way or another that it really instilled fear. Because who do we trust? We, were, we trusted the, uh, the, the news. We trusted what we would see on television or what we'd hear on the radio. But they were dealing with fear as well. They were dealing with fear as well. You know, this was so foreign to all of us. And that, I think, again, because of how foreign, we've never been through anything like this in our lifetime. But at the same time, and this is kind of interesting, listeners, Annette and I sat down one day and we were putting together the similarities between the Spanish influenza during 1918, which, by the way, was the year that my father was born. And I remember my dad telling stories about what it was like. Now, he didn't remember it, but he would hear stories from his parents of what it was like. And, and you know, to a large degree, things haven't changed in 100 years. They haven't. And it was interesting looking back at, at photographs that we were able to find um, that, you know, things were closed or the masks. And and that, you know, when you talk about what were we looking for, we didn't have face masks around here. That was, you know, not anything that we had. And we're having to find face masks. How do we, you know, all these things to protect us. Not only to protect us, but protect others from something we might be carrying. Do you remember when we got our first face masks? It was a friend of ours actually uh, made us, sewed us some face masks. And we thought that was so wonderful. Now we've got boxes and boxes of <laughs> face masks because we don't know what to expect. Plus, we have our favorites. You know, this one doesn't fog up with the glasses as much as <laughs> this one does. This is very, you know, is a lot cuter matches whatever we're wearing. You know, I, I've gone from trying to coordinate what I'm wearing with my face mask, the most protective and doesn't fog up my glasses. Right. And, you know, part of that fear zone that we were in as well had to do with what we were used to. I think of uh, people that I work with, and there was some real concern there. How am I ever going to be able to sell this product? How am I going to be able to do this? How am I going to be able to do this and have to change? Now, when we think about the fear zone, all we can think about really is the negatives. But we've found that throughout the last 12 months, there have been some real positives that we've seen as well. And in fact, when we've seen the change, when change was necessary, that's when we were able to see people say, oh, I didn't realize I could do it a different way. So many things that we have learned and improved upon this the old way that we thought was the only way to do it. We thought it was really good. And now it's like, well, I, I'm not going to go back to doing it that way. That was not efficient. Look at what I can do now. This is, this is far better. 
And and we would never have learned that. So I've, I've heard you say this a number of times, Annette, uh, with people that you're talking to, when people say, I can't wait to get back to normal. And what is it that you always say? I don't want to go back to the way it was. I want to take the good. I want to connect. That's the normal I miss, is that connection. But I don't want to have gone through this and not become better. That's a great way to put it, I think, that we look at the way things were, and to some degree, maybe we had things too easy. Mm -hmm. I look at uh, everything was so convenient at the time, you know, for a long time, we weren't even going to the store. We had to rely on what we had in our food storage, which I'm grateful that we had because we didn't have to go to the store as often as maybe others because we prepared not knowing what we were preparing for, but we did prepare for something. And it really helped us to be able to recognize that, yeah, things have changed, but it's okay because we, to a certain degree, prepared for that change. Right. And and the other things with this is that because of being forced into changing, um, it was unique that everyone in the world was experiencing this at the same time. It wasn't just my pain point. It was my neighbors across the street. It was my friend for, on Facebook around the world. It was everyone was experiencing this at the same time. When you think back in 1918, they didn't understand to the degree that we did because they didn't have everything at their fingertips with the news and the um, and being able to see all the deaths and everything from throughout the world that we could you know turn on our computer or on the news and we it was almost instantaneous and that was so frightening as well. And one of the things that we recognized was that we needed to give ourselves a little bit of a social media break at times. We had to turn the television off because it was too depressing. It was. And and that was something I learned pretty quickly that I, it was almost like a little bit of a PTSD of what was happening because of everything I saw. And I was so grateful when we figured out, okay, we're just not going to watch this. We watched, but limited so that we could be aware and be educated and and to not have those blinders on of what was going on. But we didn't like how it kept us living in that fear. And so one of the things that we did was we had to make our own decisions and our own determinations as to what was real and what wasn't. Now, we did not approach this where we discounted the fact that this was a serious issue. Because like you say, we watched and we saw all of the counts of people who were dying, the people that uh, even in our own communities... You remember, Annette, when we, when the question was asked, do you know anybody that's had COVID? And we didn't know anybody originally. No. And then we knew a few people here and then. And then all of a sudden, we started knowing people that were dying from this. And that became much closer to home than perhaps uh, we ever thought it would be. You know, when, when my company made a decision that uh, we were not going to go into the office, we thought that that was going to be for a couple of weeks. Right. And here we are a year later, and we still haven't gone back. And my company in particular has said that we're not going to go back at a minimum until July. Who would have thought in our day, with all the medical advances that we had, that this would even be being considered 
But aren't we grateful because of technology? We really haven't skipped a beat. We quickly learned how to pivot, how to change, how to to improve with what we had. We understood there were limits. And and we and we we you know worked within those parameters which allowed us to really grow in so many ways. So let's put this in perspective for a moment. We don't want to sound doomy and gloomy. That's not our impression. It's just that the fear zone that we're talking about right now is kind of doomy and gloomy. But we've evolved from that fear zone into what we're going to call the learning zone. And as we grow, it's been interesting because sometimes we get the impression that growth is a weakness. You know, have you ever been around a person that said, well, I'm not going to change because by saying that they needed to change meant that uh, they were maybe less than. I mean, something might be wrong. Yeah, and, 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 and you know, we, we just didn't want to make that change. But then we realized that change was necessary. A long time ago, I, you know, I, I started studying the idea of adult learning models and behaviors. And when you look at uh, learning experiences and models, there are really four different ways that we learn. It's, it's basically a, a, a circle there. Think about the learning experience itself. So here we are. We had COVID. This was the experience. The second part of that is to observe and to reflect. So as we're thinking about that fear zone, what what were we thinking? We were thinking all the things that went along with that fear zone. We were thinking about the uh, the toilet paper uh, shortages. We were thinking about the canned food shortages. We were thinking about how we complained more often, how we got mad more easily. And so we observed and we reflected. And then we began to generalize and to conceptualize, we began to relate it to real life there. And as we began to relate it to real life, we began to realize that, hey, maybe things aren't as bad as we think they are. Now, I'm not trying to minimize at all how serious this worldwide epidemic has been. But I believe that we began to find a little bit of equality. Well, gratefully for me, we had a year ago, you know, we were heading into spring. And so had this happened, let's say it first hit in October or November, heading into the dark, cold winter. Now that, to me, just would have escalated this. So what you're saying is it was easier to be in the fear zone during the spring and early summer than it would have been during the dark days of winter. Of winter. And that helped us to learn and prepare None of us thought it was going to last this long. But as we evolved in our learning and understanding and adapting to what we could do and how we could grow, it prepared us for the next level, if you will, the next zone of this learning. We, we often say in our podcast that life is the greatest teacher. And when you think of uh, teachers and you think of how you learn, as we were going through that growth model, talking about the learning experience itself, then going to observing and reflecting upon whatever it is that we were trying to learn, then generalizing and conceptualizing what we're learning, then we began to experiment and to integrate those thoughts and those ideas. And that has kind of taken us to the learning zone. Think about it for though for a minute, Annette. When you were in school, your teacher directed what was learned and how the subject was taught and the teacher encouraged and nurtured uh, and, and, and really gave you 
probably how you should feel mm-hmm. when you when you were learning that particular subject. Take that and and uh, go from the teacher model over to the uh, to the life as a learning model. There, in the life as a learning model, you move towards independence and self direction. You learned it by experimenting. You you learned by by relating and. That has really taken us to that next level. One, it was accountability to learn on my own. Which is sometimes the hardest part of learning, isn't it? It is because... Because we don't want to change. We didn't want to change. But I, just like the quote that I read at the beginning, but nothing is as painful as staying somewhere you don't belong. I knew I didn't belong back here, but I didn't want to change. I didn't know how to change. And changing was painful because I didn't know how to change. Growth was painful because I didn't know how to change. Staying stuck where I was was more painful than those other choices. And so that's why it was the pain that that moved me forward, that got me unstuck. So that's the great news. The great news is that uh, you were able to get unstuck. Right. And I think that most people have been able to get unstuck as well. There's a there's a quote that I absolutely love. It's from a uh, man by the name of Orson F. Whitney. And now you've heard me quote this before because this was a very important uh, quote, something that uh, we, we learned firsthand when our son passed away 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And Orson F. Whitney once said that no pain that we suffer, no trial that we experience is wasted. It ministers to our education to the development of such qualities as patience, faith, fortitude, and humility. And all that we suffer and all that we endure, especially when we endure it patiently, builds up our character, it purifies our hearts, expands our souls, and makes us more tender and more charitable and more worthy to be called the children of God. And it's through sorrow and suffering, toil and tribulation, he said, that we gain the education that we came here to acquire. Isn't that a great quote? It's a beautiful quote. And that last phrase, it's through sorrow and suffering yep. that we gain the education. That we came here to acquire. And really, when I look back and reflect upon, upon my life, it is through that sorrow and suffering that there has been the greatest growth. Mm-hmm. You know, last night we were watching a movie on television called Little Women. Okay. I, do I have to turn in my man card now for admitting that I was watching Little Women? But there, Thank there was, you, honey. <laughs> but there, there, was one, there was one part where one of the main characters, Joe, lost her sister. And she almost verbatim said what Orson F. Whitney said, that she said, you know, it's tamed my wild heart. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, this experience during the last 12 months has tamed our, our wild hearts as well. It's helped us become more serviceable in whatever we do. One of the things that I've noticed, even in our own neighborhood, is people that are helping each other more than maybe they ever did before. And I love that part of it. And the sad thing is, if we look, we can see the opposite has happened in other areas. And so I think it it's a choice of us allowing ourselves to be tamed because it's still if you're if you dig in 
and you just, you know, you just say, I am not going to change. Well, that brings up anger. That brings up all those things. But as we have become more serviceable, as people have allowed themselves to, to heal from, from the experiences of this past year, to find the positives, they are seeing the light and they are growing and it's become this beautiful community. So that means that we have to obviously be out of the fear zone. In order to experience that, and so let's let's mosey over into the uh, learning zone here for a minute. So we talked about fear, we talked about anger, we talked about uh, getting mad easily in the fear zone. What are some of the things that we see when we're in the learning zone, Annette? Well, we've kind of been talking about being in the learning zone too, and I just popped us back to the fear zone for a second. But when we are in the learning zone, for me, it's. Um, Giving up control of the things I can't control. Uh, that's, a, that's a great one right there. Because there are some things that we obviously can't control, isn't there? And that, that when I gave up that control of what I couldn't control, which <laughs> that fear went away. So one of the other things that I think we've recognized as well is that uh, and, and we've heard this from others as well, as they're not as compulsive as they were before. Do you remember for us, we could not figure out what we were going to do every night. We couldn't go anywhere. So what did we do? We turned on Netflix. We have enjoyed a lot of, of Netflix series. We've read a lot of books. We've, we have learned so many things that I don't think we would have taken the time to delve into and learn like the Enneagrams. I mean, I just, I think there's so many things with that that have helped us, have helped me personally, to identify my emotions. And and have you been able to identify your emotions more now in this learning zone? For sure. Um, just becoming aware, allowing myself to become aware to identify those things. Um then it allowed me to become aware of the different situations that that I came upon that then I understood how to act. So so emotions are a big part of learning in any zone that we might be in there. But going back just for a second to compulsiveness, I I know you didn't, Annette, but you've heard of the freshman fifteen. Uh, when you when you go off to college the first time, you gain fifteen pounds. Yes, I have well, heard of I, that. I had the COVID fifteen. I gained fifteen pounds because I was I was doing things that probably weren't the healthiest. I was sitting down at night watching television. I was uh, uh, I, I was I was eating snacks maybe more than I had in the past, and I noticed that. I was getting a little bit uh, unhealthy. And so what does Annette do for Christmas? She buys me an exercise bike. And so we have learned that uh, we have to be more careful that it's easy to be compulsive in when, when things are trials around us, when things aren't going right. Yeah, when we talk compulsive or that comfort food, we turn to something to that we could have control and and I think that we thought those compulsive things would give us comfort, give us more control in the situation. And um, I guess to a degree they did, 
but they didn't. Yeah, yeah. So it was an unhealthy way of looking at it. Very much so. And and I, I'm glad we've changed. So am I. So when I think of uh, learning as well, one of the parts of uh, the fear zone that we recognized is that uh, we would sometimes talk about uh, things that uh, we didn't really understand. And sometimes we would share, hey, did you hear on television that this happened? But we began to evaluate information a little bit better, I think, before spreading something that might be false. And not that um, we were spreading something that might be false, but I think it was something that you and I uh, would talk about. And what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? But see, that was the key, that we were talking about it, and we were questioning Right. Things that we would see or things that we would hear, because you'd hear whatever commentary you wanted to hear, you could find it. Right. And you would, we could hear the same commentary, but whatever take I wanted or whatever slant I may have been leaning towards was what I heard. And what you heard might have been a little different. Which, again, made it so difficult, especially in a uh, political year like we had. You know, one of the other things that I recognized, and I think that we're continuing to see right now, and that is, is that we're all trying to do our very best. Right. It, before, it was people were acting uncharacteristic of maybe their normal selves. But now, I really believe that we're seeing people that truly are doing their best. And, and it's made a difference. But I think that... It's also been part of my wanting to acknowledge and say they are doing their best. So one of the things, listeners, I want you to do is to ask yourself, so far, do you see that maybe you're still in the fear zone a little bit? Maybe you're in the learning zone, but we're going to talk now about the growth zone. And I think it's important that we recognize all three and recognize that we're not going to Put a gold star on your forehead if you have graduated from the uh, fear zone to the learning zone and from the learning zone to the growth zone, because you're going to recognize as we talk about the growth zone next, that it's living in, in even less fear than we were living in during the learning zone. It is. You know, one of the things that really helped me in this growth zone is spending quiet time in reflection or mindfulness, if you will. Um, that meditation, this has been something I've heard about for years and it was very difficult for me. And, and am I at a point where I'd like to be with, with my daily meditation or, or mindfulness? No, I'm not there yet, but boy, does it help in my overall attitude. I've I've heard you refer to it and that is quietude. Mm -hmm. So to you, what does quietude look like? being still. It looks like I might, I just sit down on the floor. I, I, I really, there's something about um, just grounding myself, not having the TV on. Sometimes I, I do have a guided meditation that I listen to because it, it helps me um, to practice that quietude and to learn. But there's something about breathing and different things that help me to then it carries throughout my day in my relationships, in my ability to think clear and be more creative in, in my work with Care on the Load. It's, it's really something that is very effective. 
So there's a reason why we're talking about this quietude more than maybe some of the other areas here in the uh, growth zone. And it's because there are some very positive unintended consequences associated with uh, quietude. Some of those unintended consequences are patience. We've seen our relationship has gotten better. Not that we had a bad relationship before, but we're closer because we're in the same home 24-7. I'm not going off to the office every day like I was before. And I have a lot of colleagues, I'll tell you, that were very concerned about what this was going to do to their relationship because, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can stay in the same house 24 hours a day with my spouse. And, and I thought of that and thought, that is really sad. But it was reality. The reality is that we looked for a new way to adapt to changes. And, and quietude helped us to adapt to the change. So we, we have new habits mm-hmm. in our home now, don't we? We do. And some of those habits uh, are, are more healthy habits. I think that now we're eating more healthy than we were during that uh, fear zone time. Mm-hmm. We're finding that uh, we're having more on the lines of two meals a day than three, uh, which I think is healthy for us as well. We're finding more times to quietly uh, talk to one another without social media. Uh, you know, I, I read something early on that I think is uh, really, really good, and it's something that's helped me, and that's uh, trying to find the the quietude in the evenings as well as in the mornings for me. And that quietude involves uh, sunsetting of my of my electronic equipment. And that has made a difference in both of our lives. And it's something that I actually put a timer on my phone. Um, I got a new phone back Thanksgiving time. My other phone, the, the screen cracked and some different things. And when I set up the new phone, it gave me this option. It gave me an option of when I'm driving to to block any texts and things like that. And it just sends a message. So I don't have to even think about answering a text because I don't receive it. I made a decision. Do you know what my favorite part What's, of that phone is? What? My favorite part is when it starts playing a lullaby. And that is a sign for you to do what? It That's when it goes to bed. I've said it at the same time. It's the, it's that sun setting, but I set it at a time that my phone actually just lullaby. It goes to bed, and again, when that what what that does is it silences all my messages. It silences the phone. You know, if somebody rings, if now if somebody needed to get a hold of me, they know. You know, it knows that if you call, you know, so many times it'll come through. So there is that ability to do that. But it's the lullaby that is a reminder to me, okay, it's that time. But then the decision's made. I made it once when I set up the phone, which has been so helpful. Not only sunsetting it, but when it wakes up. It's great. And and so we, we have this little joke. What do you think about when you're not thinking? (laughs) <laughs> and 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 it's it's a it's a real question. What are you thinking about when you're not thinking? Now, when I've got social media going on all around me, when I've got the television, when I've got other things going on all around me, I am thinking of what's going on there. And my mind I find is going a hundred different miles an hour. 
And Annette asked me today, when I when I got back from my walk, I, I did a three-mile walk today, and uh, you asked me a question. Do you remember what I what the question was? I said, so what did you think about? And what did I say? Nothing. <laughs> and I loved it. It was the perfect answer. You turned some music on, and you enjoyed your walk. You were able to have discipline to not go to what needed to be done with work or other tasks and assignments you have. Those are all things that we've learned in this growth CERN. You know, we were learning, and now that we're in the growth CERN, I think we're practicing, you know, those different forms of of things, quietude, um, things that help us to stay in a positive and emotional state, um, that help us look for, you know, ways to adapt to these new changes. Because before... When you would go on a walk, your phone would be ringing and you would be answering calls with work. You've now learned it's okay to call them back. They're all not emergencies. Right. You know, there's other there's other areas that we've seen in the growth zone as well. And so one of the things that we're asking you is, let me, let me just mention a few, Annette. Some of the things that uh, I believe that if you're in the growth zone, you're probably thinking more of others maybe more how to help them. Mm-hmm. I think that you're thinking about to how you can make your talents available to those that might need them more. I think that uh, those that are in the growth zone are living more in the present and focusing on the future more than on the past and what they've lost. And that's a hard one. Yeah. But it's it really has been so beneficial to stay focused in the present. But what I like about what you said when we're talking about the growth zone is that you said it's important to stay happy and, and be in that emotional straight state that allows you to spread hope. And that's one of the things that we're trying to do here at Karen the Load as well, is to spread hope. And so I would just ask you once again, where are you at? Are you in the fear zone, the learning zone, or the growth zone? And maybe another question to ask yourself is, what are you hoping to get out of this experience of COVID nineteen, uh, some of our some of our goals might be not to get COVID nineteen. Uh, that uh, may happen, uh, regardless, though, of whether we try to or not. You know, we can do our best, and 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 that's all we ask can ask of ourselves anytime is to do our best. Now we talk about in this growth zone is to keep a happy and emotional state to spread hope. Well, reality is. We are living a life that has challenging experiences, and we have things that affect us. But by learning, by growing, we we acknowledge those emotions. We learn from those things, and and hopefully, you know, we're not stuck in another unhappy or depressed state. We acknowledge that there's things that are hard, but then we can come back because of the tools we've gained and learned to be able to to live in this hopeful life. So while reflection is important, we're not asking you to reflect on everything negative. Recognize and give yourself a break. Recognize that we learn uh, through experience. And, you know, going back to that adult learning model as we close here, when we, when we learn from a teacher, 
we learn to adapt by whatever the subject matter is. We learn certain rules. We learn in math, for example, which was not one of my favorite subjects, we, we learn certain rules that, uh, that were important in trying to problem solve. When you're learning things by yourself, the learning experience is based on the problems since learners are performance-centered when learning. And, and that's what we're finding as we go from that learning experience to observing and reflecting to generalizing and conceptualizing and then over to experimenting and to integrating and then basing our values, basing our knowledge upon what we have learned, not what someone else has learned, but what we ourselves have learned. And so we would hope more than anything else as you reflect upon what you've learned during these last 12 months that uh, you you ask yourself the question, what can I do to be maybe where I want to be? Maybe I'm not quite there yet. I know I'm not quite there yet. I know sometimes I go from that growth zone, maybe back to the to the fear zone sometimes. And, and then we gently leave that fear zone and have to learn and then grow again. But it's a cycle of life. And that's how we continue to learn and grow. And so it's not, can I say bad? If we find ourselves in the fear zone, as long as long as we can, we strive to move forward. That we don't dig our heels in and say, "I'm not moving." I promise you, it's far more painful to stay somewhere where you don't belong. So, with that, friends, we just want to thank you for joining us, and we hope that you've enjoyed this conversation as we've discussed. The fear zone, the learning zone, the growth zone, and just the ability to change and how some of those things are painful, but it is so worth every ounce that it takes to move forward, to get us to a place where we do belong. Each of us have a story to share. Author Brene Brown reminds us that owning our story is the bravest thing you will ever do. The stories and experiences that are shared inspire us as well as help us to grow and connect with others. We invite you to become a part of Karen the Load community through social media as well as to share the site with those you know. We are stronger together. Keep Karen. Mm-hmm.